Hello and welcome to the Scotty Song Guide with the Sorries. I'm Marty. And I am Douglas. And today we're going to be telling you all about the song Bonnie Dundee. Today the Lords of Convention was clever house folk. He the king's crown go down, there are crowns to be broke. So you find cavaliers who love honour and me. Come follow the bonnet, so Bonnie Dundee. Bonnie Dundee was written by Walter Scott on Thursday the 22nd of December. Can you be a bit more precise? Um, Well, at six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we know this because he records the the moment when he wrote it in his diary. Well, the day when he wrote it. Sorry, I cut you off when you were saying the year. 1825. 25. I'm actually, if I may be permitted, I'd actually like to read a little bit of his diary here. So, as I said, this is uh, Thursday the 22nd of uh, December 1825. He says, The air of Bonnie Dundee running in my head today. I wrote a few verses to it before dinner, taking the keynote from the story of Clavers leaving the Scottish Convention of Estates in 1688-89. I wonder if they are good. He says, There's a little of the big bow-wow about it, which is what he called his novels. He said the big bow-wow strain was what he was good at. Um, then he says, can't say what made me take a frisk so uncommon of late years as to write verses of free will. I suppose the same impulse which makes birds sing when a storm seems blown over. This is because uh, around that time he'd heard the whiff of financial problems that would eventually make him nearly bankrupt. But one of the wonderful things about Scott was his refusal to go bankrupt, actually. He just wrote, his, he wrote, himself, yeah. Yeah, wrote himself to death, basically. Um, to, to write his way out of the trouble but he uh, had heard that rumours and he was very worried about it but he thought at this point that it was going to be okay so he comes out with this extraordinary kind of defiant uh, lyric for yeah. Bonnie Dundee Come fill up my cup Come fill up my can Come saddle my horses and call out my men Unhook the west port and let us go it's interesting that you uh, mentioned that Scott said he had the ear to Bonnie Dundee running around yeah. his head because it suggests, as was the case, that it was a pre-existing mm-hmm. tune. Like, was the air called Bonnie um, Dundee then? That was the original name of the, it. The original air was called Adieu Dundee, right. and that appeared in 1620, around about that period, in the Skeen Collection. Um, and apparently there had been words to it then. At this point, though... Um, and latterly, with all versions up to Scott's time, the song Bonnie Dundee was about the town of Dundee, whereas Scott's one, as we'll come on to, is about the person who became known as Bonnie Dundee, John Graham of Claver House. Scott was on a one-man mission to rehabilitate uh, Claver's reputation, um, bloody Claver's reputation, in fact, yeah, yeah. that he objected to. He thought it was a bit harsh. In terms of the, the tune... After the scheme collection, it then appears as Bonnie Dundee in a collection called The Dancing Master at the tail end of the 17th century. It's actually an English publication of dance tunes, so Bonnie Dundee by that time, or Adieu Dundee, the tune Mm. has been transformed into Bonnie Dundee. And then it appears again in the 18th century, and actually... Robert Burns, surprise, surprise, (laughs) um, is involved. He took four lines of earlier words, added 12 to them, 
and there's a version then appeared in Johnson's Musical Museum, which was the collection which also featured Old Lang Syne right, and yeah. so on. But the, it appeared actually earlier in the Beggar's Opera, uh, earlier in the 18th century, and that's one that, piece. Yeah, that's one of the references that Scott makes, because he writes to his. I think it's his daughter-in-law, Jane, is it? That he writes to... Probably. And <laughs> I should know. <laughs> he writes to her about the tune and says that he's written the words and he's put them to this old air and he said that it's... Um, a, 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 the tune has been Jockey's Escape from Dundee. It's been the Scots Calm, oh, Bonnie Dundee, and it's also Bonnie Dundee as in... So he knew the tune had had a long history yeah. anyway. Those three versions were all in a minor key, and uh, as you'll hear from our carefully placed snippets throughout this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) uh, as you can hear when you listen to Bonnie Dundee now, it's very much a major key and a kind of very strident piece, but again the rhythm slightly changed, and in fact the tune is now used sometimes as a sort of jig in Cayley's for Scottish country dances, where it's you know, so it hasn't got that strength, boom, it's a real 6 8 sort of yeah. a jig, yeah. yeah. If I mentioned that Scott was on a one man mission to rehabilitate Clavers. This is because uh, Claver's reputation as bloody Claver's had been kind of gathered when he was... Well, in the events leading up to what the song talks about, in the years leading up to that, he'd basically been a cavalry commander in the West, which was, as some people have said, a kind of long-term brutal police action where he was putting down... Um, the Covenanters in the in the West. Yeah, they, they'd been forced... This is a sort of 1670s kind of time, yeah. I think, and they'd... They were kind of forced into preaching outdoors in these Following the restoration. Yeah, yeah there are some uh, tales of him being really, really harsh. But he became Lord Provost of Dundee about five years before his death. And although, you know, he had this reputation for putting down the common man and so on, the f- his first act when he was made Provost of Dundee was to abolish the death penalty for theft. And he'd also been suspended from the Privy Council for complaining about the conditions that the sort of rank and file had to put up with as well. So he had a bit of history of kind of... <laughs> Bloody clavers. Working class hero. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Bloody scargle. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're going with this, really, isn't it? Controversial. I suppose, though, in all seriousness, it does kind of make the point that... that if Scott is trying to rehabilitate Dundee, which we've been banging on about, um, it's probably because the reputation has suffered so badly from history because, as usual, history is written by the winners. Yeah. So they went after him and nailed him good and proper. And it's funny because he was really, um, as you say, he was known as Bloody Clavers and was thought to have basically murdered people in front of their wives and children and so yeah, on. Yeah, the dragoons he commanded in the West had a really awful reputation, awful reputation. For, for brutality. Yeah, but he actually married into... Uh, his wife came from a really staunch covenanting family, so again, there's this sort of um, dual side of him. Dundee is 
is mounted and right up the street. The bells are rung backwards, the drums they are beat. But the provost to smile, he says, just leave a beat. But I'm doing as well, rid of that devil Dundee. Cleaver House had served in the on the continent in the 1670s, the early 1670s, and he was in the service of Louis the 14th, but he was under the Duke of Monmouth and Hugh Mackay, who was later his opponent at Killy Cranky. Okay. And legend has it that um, whilst uh, fighting alongside William of Orange... William of Orange fell from his horse. His horse got stuck in sort of marshy ground. And uh, the story goes that Clavers actually saved William of Orange's life. <laughs> William of Orange, who became then King William. <laughs> I bet he was chuffed about that looking back. <laughs> although, although, funnily enough, it was William of Orange who wrote to James, Duke of York, who, as I said, then became James II, recommending Claver House when he returned to <laughs> Britain from the continent. So they so, both had cause to yeah. regret their actions. <laughs> to the Lord's convention was Claver House spoke He the king's crown go down There are crowns to be broke So you find cavaliers who love honour at me Come follow the bonnet so bonny Dundee Scott's song, as he says, takes us at setting the Scottish Convention of Estates of 1688-89, uh, which is effectively a, a Scottish Parliament, a form of Scottish Parliament. Um, it, it's quite complicated in the 17th century because there have been so many invasions, counter-invasions. You know, there's there's almost a theocracy in the middle of the century for a few years, but nine years, I think. Um, but in essence, that Parliament was convened 1688-89 to decide who was going to be King of Scotland. Because by this time, William of Orange yeah. had come over. In the um, Glorious Revolution of 1688. Yeah, his wife was a Stuart, you know. Yeah. So uh, James the Second and Seventh of Scotland was actually his father-in-law. It's a family spat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a grand scale, <laughs> yeah. involving a bit of Rome in the background as well. <laughs> I can't believe I always have to buy Mum's birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of carry on <laughs> the funny thing about it is it's a little bit there's some kind of blind date thing going on here because uh, they basically read out letters from William and from James James by this stage is in part is in Ireland with a full army and uh, William writes a letter apparently which is they said, what are you laughing at? Don't just think of the blind date. <laughs> so, William, why do you want to be king? <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Except they kept the cheap innuendo and uh, rubbish rhymes and things out of it. I've got a lot, a lot of soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hessians, I... oh, I tell you. <laughs> Don't talk to me about Hessian. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> We should just get back to the subject, yeah, probably, shouldn't we? Yeah. So Bruce Lenman, uh, his uh, Jacobite Risings uh, in Britain, is really good on this. But he says, in effect, that William is conciliatory. Plays the card that says, you know, it's all about everything's going to be fine and business as usual and holding out the kind of olive branch. James makes a total hash of things and writes a letter that effectively says, how dare you? It's my right you know, anyone that steps out of line is bang out of order and there will be consequences. He threatens and bullies. 
the convention apparently when it was convened again according to, to Lenman says he says that that there was not it wasn't a foregone conclusion mm. um, that that they were going to go for William that yeah. they might not have done but the letters kind of swung it the wrong way mm. as far as James's supporters were concerned. Dundee keeps cajoling, demands things like safe conduct to Ireland and things like that. That he knows it's all political manoeuvring, yeah. basically, to try and to try and win the, the propaganda battle at the back end of that. But he eventually flounces out of Edinburgh, down the West Port, has a meeting just before that with uh, with the Duke of Gordon, who's in charge of the castle. This this in March that Dundee's yeah. in March sixteen eighty nine that Dundee's at the convention of the states. Yeah. And uh, that's that's when he, when he rides out with his yeah. with his bonnets to to raise the standard. There are hills beyond Pentland and lands beyond Forth, neither lords in the south, there are chiefs in the north. But the spine and he wassels three thousand times three cry hey for the bonnet. Of course, over the years, so many of the verses have just been quietly dropped. I think that the existing version and the version we sing is what the first, the second, the eighth, and the tenth verse. Yeah. There's 11 verses in total originally. Yeah, yeah, which I think Scott himself said that he knew yeah. was too long. That's right, but, yeah. Um, yeah, which is, it, it's strange with a lot of these songs, a lot of them you go to, and there have been verses added through the years, but these 11 verses are all Scots. And actually, I think, I don't know about you, but I think there are some verses which we don't sing, which... We actually, probably should. Yeah, yeah, we probably should because actually they're great verses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Scott references throughout the song um, some of these events, obviously around the convention of estates, but some of the events leading up to it and some of the things in Cleaver House's life. Yeah. So, for example, uh, the fifth verse that is, I think, talks about um, these kills of so it's referring to those um, uh, covenanting opponents of Cleaver House in Ayrshire in the southwest. And the fact that, you know, when they saw him, they shrunk away, you know, because... He's calling them chickens, basically. (laughs) So so, so as a propaganda job, it's quite impressive, because before that, when he's talking about coming down the West Bowl, it's all about how all the nice-looking young girls uh, really like him and really fancy him, whereas the old, ugly ones... Yeah, shaking their fists. spitting at him and things like that. Yeah, and then then so he's talking about the Whigs and everything. And then, uh, but of course, then, then he goes on to talk about... An actual meeting that I was mentioning with the Duke of Gordon. Uh-huh. He gives a couple of verses to that, and uh, and the Duke of Gordon appar- apparently did demand, you know, where he was going. The Gordon, the, the verse goes, the Gordon demands of him which way he goes, where where shall direct me the shade of Montrose, and this is uh, this is Dundee is reputed to have said that you know where are you going? He says well you know wherever whatever the memory of Montrose takes me, effectively. Yeah. So he's, even then, Dundee himself is self-consciously kind of hooking into what has become a royalist hero. Mm. Uh, just, you know, so that, that even even in the period. But but Scott picks up on that and yeah. brings it back into the song. Yeah. And just from a historical point of view, what do you think, cause, because Gordon is obviously has sympathies with Dundee and so on. Yeah. And I mean, he then goes on to hold the castle for, I for think, another, for another three months or yeah, something, that's right. doesn't he? Um, even after it's been decided that he's holding it for James. Yeah, yeah. Even after it's been decided that this is no longer yeah. appropriate. 
Yeah, meanwhile, J- James has decided he prefers Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he sport to the foot to the proud castle rock, and with the gay garden he gallantly spoke. Let Mons Meg in our marrows speak twa words of thee, for the love of the bonnet so bonny Dundee. The garden demands of him which way he goes. Where else shall direct me the shade of Montrose? Your grace in short space shall hear tidings of me, and it low lies a bonnet to bonny Dundee. I think that one of the interesting things that comes out of all this stuff is I, I'm fascinated by why have these verses been missed out? I mean, I know we missed them out, but that's yeah. partly because I didn't even know they existed when I first learned the song. Yeah, but then. Again, part of the reason that we miss them out is that the song, as as we play, is you know a shade over three minutes long. Yeah. By including, we do four verses of eleven, so yeah. you know we're almost tripling the song in length if we put in all the verses. Yeah. And so there's obviously the the practical performance um, yeah. reason for it. So I do. Well, well, no, I do wonder whether it was. I mean, yes, absolutely, I buy yeah. that. But I do wonder whether it's to do with also. That the sort of the history of it. I mean, you know, like I said, there's two verses about what he said to the Duke of Gordon. Now, if you happen yeah. to know that anecdote, that means something. If you don't, it it's kind of. I wonder whether it's the fact that people don't know the history of that period so well. I mean, I know I don't really. Yeah, but 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 then you also take it and think about the way these songs are passed on. And a, a good case in point is Trenent Muir that we were yeah. talking about in the last podcast. And that's another song which has, I think, ten verses, which is generally cut to four or five mm. nowadays. But if you think of the way that, okay, this song is after Trinent Muir, you know, a good sort of six, seventy years after that one was written, mm. and you know, it's obviously published and printed and so on. But still, there is that sort of oral element of people passing these on. And as you know, it's easier to remember four verses well, than true. you know eleven verses. Also, I suppose the main parts of the historical story, you know, Dundee leaves the Convention of Estates and says, stuff is, I'm for King James, and rides out. Yeah. And that, I mean, the main parts of the story are there in the version, that the four-verse version yeah. of it. It's, it's the, it's the colour around it that's gone. Yeah. And also, perhaps, by, by removing some of the... some of the sort of... Um, characters and sort of by removing some of the minutiae of the politics in the yeah. scene you know it maybe makes it more general and acceptable by everyone yeah well, maybe it could be yeah, something it's, yeah but it still it still leaves this sort of Dundee as the icon but like you were saying earlier it's a bit of a shame because some of the verses are cracking yeah yeah did I mention the one about Kerstorfen? <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> Still nobody's perfect. Scott knew it was too long and that's near the end. <laughs> Actually, the, the, the very last chorus that Scott wrote is the one where it's uh, it's up with the bonnets of Bonnie Dundee as opposed to way for the bonnets of Bonnie Dundee. Yeah, so it's, uh, that is, he kind of he shifts, shifts things a little bit as he goes through. So actually, the one that people remember is the last chorus and again it's that oral thing it's, it's an easier one to remember yeah, maybe yeah. it's a bit more striking uh-huh. With sure featured wigs the grass market was crammed as if half the west had said trust to be hanged there was spite in each look there was fear in each eat as they watched for the bonnet so bonny dundee come for up my 
Come fill up my can Come saddle my horses And call out my men And hook the Westport And let us go free But it's up with the bonnet So bonny So quite aside from its popularity in Scotland And its kind of place as one of the staples Of the kind of Scots uh, folk songbook the song's gone on to have a bit of a life of its own out with Scotland and it was kind of very popular during the American Civil War. It was kind of retitled and reworked into a song called Riding a Raid, which was about the Confederate cavalry um, marching. Marching? <laughs> the cavalry on horses. Trying <laughs> their horses to save them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, then Scott, you see, is blamed by Mark Twain for the American Civil War. Because mm. Twain says, half tongue in cheek, says that too many southern gentlemen were reading too many Scott novels about the gallantry of conflict and, and how how it's so sort of marvellous and chivalrous mm. and that they all thought it would be a tremendous idea to get an opportunity to be chivalrous in public. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're quite in favour of the idea of a big war because that gives them the opportunity to be heroes, they, he thinks. Mm. Having said that... Had Scott lived into the 1930s, then he might have blamed Twain for the depression, for glamorising the, the fun you can have running about in your bare feet. <laughs> when you're skint <laughs> and hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could be on to someone there, though. <laughs> I'm trying it, but... Yeah, so I was just going to mention as well, I think not only the song's popularity, but Scott's standing as well yeah. has maybe reflected partly in the fact that it was um, referenced by Kipling in um, His Majesty's Servant, it was called, um, where he has a, a kind of reference to Bonnie Dundee, which is the same rhythm and so on. And in uh, Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll mm. as well, there's a parody of it. Um, but of course, parodies only work if everyone knows the original. Yeah, yeah. There's another one even later than that um, in, what, 79? The Cheevy at the Stag and the Black Black Oil yeah. and the John McGrath play. And they sing a, a version of it which is all about the kind of the evil capitalists uh, and the kind of resetting history and, and the chorus is, you know, I'll tell you the secrets of high industry. Right, yeah. Uh, so again, I mean, it's quite, that's because it's really politically subversive, that play, yeah. so... They know the context of the Dundee thing and they know the context of him as their reputation as being an oppressor of, of the working classes yeah. and, uh, and they're using that, they're hooking into it but it's because, because it's so well known, because they expect people to know the context that that works, yeah. these parodies can work. Of course, yeah. The lands beyond the fort, neither lords in the south There are chiefs in the north But the spined and he wassels Three thousand times we cry hey Well, thank you again for listening to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, you can check out all the other podcasts on www.scottishsongguide.com or you can subscribe on iTunes and various other podcast providers. Um, I believe that's the term they use. <laughs> nice, nicely put. Yes. Uh, and also, if you want to hear any more of our music, you can visit... Um, thesorries.co.uk and find us on YouTube and so on and so forth, Facebook, etc. All the all the online platforms. <laughs> Nearly all of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, so thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. In a walk in the hills, stand the lee on the rocks. And I own a usurper of couch with a fox. So tremble false wigs in the midst of your glee. For you have no seen the last of my bonnets or me. Come fill up my cup, come fill up my cup. Come saddle my horses and call up my men. Unhook the Westport and let us go free. It's up with a bonnet, so bonnet and me. Come fill up my cup, come fill up my cup. Come saddle my horses and call out my men. And hope the Westport and let us go free. For it's up with a bonnet, so bonnet and me. It's up with a bonnet, so bonnet.